Imagine you're a church leader in a restricted nation and you've sent a Christian worker into harm's way, into the path of persecution. And this time persecution happened, arrest and torture at the hands of the police. Now your worker wants to talk to you. What will he ask? And when I was tortured, why did God allow that? Where was God then? when uh, people uh, were burning cigarettes on my body and all that. Dr. Hormoz Shariat leads and equips house church leaders inside Iran. And recently he prepared himself for that very conversation. You'll find out what the tortured house church pastor really said and how different it was from what Pastor Hormoz expected right now on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. Welcome to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you for joining us this week. I'm Todd Nettleton, and we're continuing our conversation with Dr. Hormoz Shariat, the founder and president of Iran Alive Ministries. He speaks every day via satellite television to tens of thousands of Iranians, both Muslims and Christians. You can hear the first half of our time with Pastor Hormoz online at vomradio.net if you missed that last week. This week, we're going to learn more about the Iranian church and how persecution in Iran is different from persecution in other Muslim countries. Thanks for being back with us, Dr. Hormoz. You did some programming with your wife about marriage, and you've shared that it was an incredible evangelism outreach, even though it wasn't about evangelism. It was just about, hey, here, let's talk about marriage. Let's talk about my wife and I, how we get along, how we interact. And people in Iran saw that. They saw the way you guys love each other and the way you treated each other and said, wait a minute, that is completely different from our marriage. That's completely different from how we live. Just share a little bit about some of the response that you got to that. Yes, uh, people hear about the gospel. Um, It sounds very good. God loves you, wants to change your life. Jesus died for you. It's all good. And Jesus himself is very attractive. So many people come to a point of being convinced mentally that this might be true. And I, but they are not convinced, by, convinced in their heart. They're convinced in their mind. What convinces them in their heart? Several things. Relative, a friend, they see actually transformed by the gospel. They say, this is a proof. Mm-hmm. This, this is not just a nice-sounding message. This works. Look at my son. Look at my brother. Uh, so that convinces them. So you're referring to something that convinced them. Uh, yes, um, we wanted to, me and my wife wanted to help the marriages in Iran because uh, when the people come to Christ, if you don't teach them, they continue the old pattern. You have, they need teaching in every area. If you don't teach them about Christian marriage, they think their marriage is normal, which is inherited from culture and, and Islam. So we said, let's do a 10-part program helping new believers to heal their marriages. No evangelism. Our focus was Christians. So we did 10 parts 
just talking to Christians, this is what Christian marriage looks like. This is what the husband does and wife does. We didn't intend to evangelize, but we had, number one, <laughs> in terms of numbers, those days, a peak in our salvation. Wow. Yeah. People were calling. Those days, we did it for 10 weeks. Those days, number of calls for salvation just rose. Uh, people were saying kind of, something like this. Oh, yeah, we've been watching a program. We understand Jesus. You know, I understand why he died on the cross. We understand the basic. We were sinners. But we we did not take this step on until we saw you teach about marriage and how you and your your wife, you treated each other. That convinced us the message we had heard is the truth. We want to make a decision. So an, an example, that's why being, being an example uh, in your life is so important because people hear it, hear it, hear it. They want to see it. And I hope our listeners are challenged by that because, you know, there are unbelievers who are watching your marriage. They're watching how you treat your spouse uh, and they're looking on and saying, well, wait a minute. Is that something I want to be a part of? Is that something I want to have? You're listening to the Voice of the Martyrs Radio. We're speaking today with Dr. Hormoz Shariat. He is the founder and the president of Iran Alive Ministries. Uh, he broadcast by satellite television into Iran. Uh, Dr. Hormoz, you've talked about the fact that persecution is a little bit different in Iran than what we see in, in say, Saudi Arabia or some of the other Muslim nations. Share a little bit about how it's different and kind of the, the reasons behind that. In uh, mo other Muslim countries, Saudi Arabia and others, when somebody comes to Christ, usually the persecution starts with the, even immediate family. Most of the time, immediate family. We hear about honor killing, or even if the immediate family doesn't do it, friends and family and neighbors, they gradually form a group and the person gets killed. That's the story in Egypt. That's the story in many, many places. That's why um, somebody comes to Christ. Usually, if they want to survive, they have to run away. They have to go somewhere else, change their name. Not in Iran. The, in Iran, the norm is that when somebody comes to Christ, the whole family comes to Christ. The persecution in Iran is not by people because people have already rejected Islam. The persecution in Iran is by the government. And it's not motivated by religion. The government is not persecuting Christians in Iran because why did you change your religion? No, come back to Islam. Come back to Islam. That's not their motivation. The motivation is you have left Islam and now you're not under our power. It's a political power. They are afraid of losing the power in Iran because if the enough number of people leave Islam, they have no influence in, on them anyway. So the fear, the, the motivation is political. They don't want to lose control. That's changed how they, even how they interrogate Christians and how they question them from pressuring them to really more trying to find out what they're doing. Yes. In the past, um, 10 years ago, for example, if they, um, when they arrested the Christian, usually the first week was, or two was forcing them or convincing them uh, or even making them afraid by fear or by convincing, come back to Islam. They have given up on that because they realize after all these years, it does not work. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one, of them, uh, one of our leaders was arrested and uh, he said it. He said, they told me that they have found that when a Muslim becomes a Christian, they never go back. So, so we know you will never go back. So, but so we're not going <laughs> so to talk they told, her. <laughs> as a prisoner. They told yeah, him that yeah. we know you're not going to go back to Islam. Right. Wow. So we're not going to talk about your faith. We want information. 
we want information. Who, who do you associate with? Are you a part of a network? Who is your pastor? Who are the leaders? That's that's what the kind of thing. So now these days, when somebody uh, gets arrested, they don't question their faith. They don't even want they, they don't even uh, want him to come back to Christianity, uh, to, to Islam. All, all they want is to isolate uh, that person, make him ineffective. First of all, get all the information from them. Number two, make sure that they are not connected. So they, these prisoners, they're there for a week or two. Most of them are released, by the way. We hear about polit uh, religious prisoners in Iran. The numbers are not really high compared to hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of believers, and even tens of thousands of leaders. Only a few are are arrested. It's not a really widespread, and it, it's it's our policy. So the the thing is, usually a believer, you go home. And they sign. This is, this is what I want to share. They sign something. If I share my faith with somebody or if I attend a church, a house church, I allow you to whatever. Uh, bring back all the charges and double execute it, whatever. They sign it before they release. So Christians have to sign something that I will not be active. Here are hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of believers in Iran that are afraid, isolated, uh, in their homes, and the government likes it that way. And so it's not so much that they're under constant persecution, they're under constant threat of persecution. They know, you know, like you say, they release them, hey, you can go on home, but they know, okay, if I get caught at a house church service, if I get caught giving a Bible to someone, I'm gone. I'm going to prison or worse. That's right. That's the policy of fear and intimidation. You're listening to Todd Nettleton on the Voice of the Martyrs radio network. You talked about some of those young people that, that have no fear. You really need them because that really, the government is trying so hard to instill fear into the people. That's right. But young people have passed that part of, of fear. They have nothing to lose. They see their future dark. Um, the younger generation. Mm -hmm. See, again, I'm so excited. If I had, if the Lord would provide me with finances, I would invest on, in people under 15. I really <laughs> will do. Yeah, because they are the world changers. And the reason here is you're 14, you are look at your parents and you look at your older brother. Older brother, older sister in their 20s, late 20s, 30s. And they look at him and they say, so what happened to you? You were a good kid. Where did you go? You, you, you studied hard. You get a degree. You can't even get married. You don't even have a job. So that's my future. And they go into a depression, suicide, drugs, sex. And they try that for several years. I've had so many young people, age of 19, 20, call. And this is similar testimonies. I tried sex and drugs since I was 13, 14. I've tried it the last five, six years, and I'm sick and tired of it. Life is empty. Either I will kill myself or I want Jesus. They come. They come, they come to Jesus at that point of desperation. Of, so when they come and their life is, tra their life is tra transformed, and they find and they experience Jesus in their lives in a real way. It's not another religion. The Spirit of God is in them, and they know. They know something which is Holy Spirit boiling inside of them, giving them 
courage, giving him joy, giving him hope, giving him peace, power. So they experience all that package in an amazing, supernatural way by the grace of God. So they explore. They say, "There's nothing I can lose. If what if, what if I lose my life? I will. I will be Jesus. I'd hate this life anyway." What's the greatest need of the church in Iran? Needs maturity. It needs uh, encouragement. The, uh, the government wants them isolated and fearful. So we need to address both. Mm -hmm. um, we need to connect them, help them feel connected, and also teach them and encourage them. They are hungry. They are hungry. You don't need to. I, I've seen people, are, they tell me they sit down for hours and listen and take notes and they obey. So helping the church grow in Iran. Evangelism, good, but it's, it's an easy piece of cake. In Iran, <laughs> yeah, that's not hard. It's a solved problem. Bringing Iranian Muslims to Christ is easy. The rest, no, we have to work on the rest. Discipleship is hard. Why is television such an important way to fill that need? Well, television, number one, everybody has it. Uh, just imagine being in a country where everything is controlled um, and you cannot connect to the outside world. Anything available to you is controlled by the government. National television, you hate it because you watch it and it's either recitation of Quran or Mullah is preaching. You're sick and tired of that. So... Uh, the only connection people have to outside world, not just spiritual, entertainment, news, is television. So television is very popular. People will go hungry to save money to buy satellite dish because that, that's the source of entertainment, news, spiritual, any, anything. So number one, because, uh, because everyone, the television has it, uh, has a television. And number two is the... Television is, is not a local. It's, it's not a cable that government can, uh, can block. It, it's a signal coming from sky. So even, if they, even when they jam parts of the uh, city, but the whole country is receiving it, so it cannot be stopped. And number three, true television. And here I have problem, Todd. When I talk about television, our listeners in the West, they have a different image. They have a Western image of television, which is not really good, really positive for most people. Uh, but television is, is a personal eye-to-eye -eye relationship. I love you. I want to help you. I want to help you grow. I want to see you, your life changed, your marriage healed, and I'm, I'm in your living room. So uh, television is powerful. Relationship. When I see some of these viewers, they hug me as if they know me for life. <laughs> You're their pastor. That's right. <laughs> I, one of the great things that, that you said to me one time is we're not talking about ice cream. We're talking about bread. And uh, as an American Christian, you know, I go to church on Sunday and I have a Bible study group and I have more than probably 10 Bibles in my house. I can get spiritual food everywhere. Christian television is dessert for me. That's, that's ice cream. In Iran, it's not like that. You're, you're modeling what a church looks like. They go to church by turning on the television, hearing your sermon, seeing the songs that are sung, hearing them, singing along with them. Uh, it is bread. It is their sustenance spiritually to get them through the week. How is the government responding, the government of Iran, responding to what you're doing? We are part of persecution plan for them, of course. <laughs> They're persecuting all Christians. But uh, for us, it's a special focus. 
they know that we are organizing, not just evangelizing, because we started the media church. We are connecting. We are, we are not a television ministry. We are a church. We are church and church planting. And organizing is their big fear. Their, their big concern is that the Christians will get organized and become a political force. So when you say you're connecting Christians up with each other and organizing them, that makes alarm bells go off in Tehran. Exactly. Let, exactly. Let me share you this story. A high court judge in Iran came to Christ. Her daughter and son-in-law were getting divorced in San Jose, California when I was a pastor. And ugly, ugly separation towards divorce and the lord healed their marriage and uh, beautiful couple even up today one of the leaders there and her, her her dad a high court judge came to visit and saw the transformation asked what happened and they shared the gospel he came to christ so he goes back and forth and at one time i asked him what does the government of iran think about us he said two th several things. One, he said, they don't know what to do with you because you, you don't insult them. You don't attack Islam, but they know you're stealing uh, the hearts of people away from them. Uh, and by the way, they're afraid of you. I said, what? What are we doing? They're afraid of it. He said, they're not afraid of you for now because you're organizing and you're keeping their hearts. And if at any time in the future you decide to be turned against them, you have the people with you. So... The, the government is very alarmed uh, of what we're doing of not just evangelizing, but organizing and planting house churches. And they try, we're number one, we have the honor of being number one jammed signal in Iran. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> and, I, and I know Iranian media has mentioned you personally, called you out, even I understand mentioned Voice of the Martyrs at one point. That, that's right. It is. Almost every week there is a news article uh, against us. It's fake, uh -huh. but it's, it's written so well. When I read those, I, I kind of admire. So this guy, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> they're so solid, and most of it is positive about us. But then they interject uh, things about, it, uh, about us in there to undermine our authority, um, our credibility, integrity, just, just to create doubt, doubt. in the yes. mind. So when they're turning the TV channel, they see you. Oh yeah, that's that guy. Yeah, that's uh, right. They don't. They don't want people to keep watching. Yeah, there was an article last uh, a couple of months ago about Voice of the Martyrs, and it was saying uh, Voice of Martyrs is supported by the government, uh, U.S. government. It's an agent of U.S. government. It's and uh, Hormos works for Voice of the Martyrs, and uh, he is a CIA agent. So. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we are not connected with the CIA. Just in, in case anyone listening is confused about that. You're listening to Todd Nettleton on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. You can listen to every episode of VOM Radio at www.vomradio.net. Hormos, we want to talk to our listeners because most of our listeners live here in the United States, but there are millions of Muslims that live in the U.S. They're coming here to go to university, very similar to what you did. Uh, they are in our classrooms. They are living next door to us. How do we reach out to them and hopefully have the opportunity to share the gospel with them? Number one, you have to reach out to them fast because uh, once they're here 
for a few years, it's very hard. Again, this is my experience. I've pastored and planted churches. I planted six churches in among Iranian Muslims in California. The sooner you get them, the better. Number two, love. Show them love, acceptance. Don't be afraid of them. Even those Muslim women with the covering, they're hungry hearts behind that mm-hmm. covering. So don't be afraid. Uh, befriend them. Be frank. You don't have, be, with Iranians, you don't have to go slow. You just can say, talk about your Christian faith. But give, let me give you a couple of pointers. Number one, Christianity is not a religion. Uh, one statement I always use, very effective, I tell them, if you're looking for a religion, don't become a Christian. Christianity is bad religion, very bad. What? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were a pastor. Yes, that's right. <laughs> but if you want a relationship with God, this is it. If you want his joy and peace. If you're looking for another set of rules that rule you by force, this is not it. Of course, with the Spirit of God, we're going to live more pure than those under the law. Of course, we expect that. So that, w- that would be one thing, is that make sure you don't compare Islam and Christianity. I never compare them because one is religion, one is not. Uh, I don't compare Muhammad and, and, uh, and Jesus. I don't need to. Uh, especially with Iranians. They already know that side. Don't attack Islam. They already have rejected. If you attack Islam, they may defend it. Because it's their culture. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, but love, you know, the Bible talks about speaking the truth in love. Um, some people go study Quran and Islam, but they don't have the love. They really hurt people. They know the weaknesses of Muhammad and the verses of Islam, but they say it without love, they destroy the bridges. Uh, you need to have both. You need to have love and, and truth. The love is a love of God is, is a, that brings humility. You know, the fruit of uh, spirit that's mentioned, it's all the fruit of love. So uh, love is so powerful. In Islam, there is no power. There is no love. Um, Allah has 99 names, not one is love. So the most powerful truth we have, uh, the truth of gospel, of course, but presented with love. When we show love, the enemy, the spirit of Islam, has no response to it. Another one is worship. A true love, which is loving God. Mm-hmm. Worship is so powerful. Take him, take him to wor- good worship <laughs> meetings. Without evangelism, they have never seen anything like that. And the Spirit of God brings them closer. Worship and love, speaking truth with love, it's very effective. We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Dr. Hormoz Shariat. He is the founder and the president of Iran Alive Ministries. Uh, Dr. Hormoz, as we finish up, I want to ask, you shared the story of a young man, a, a part of one of your congregations there, uh, that was recently arrested and tortured uh, by the Iranian police. Share that story with our listeners because I, I think it will encourage them. Well, it was a shock for me and a lesson for me because uh, one of our young leaders, uh, 22 year old, he was arrested. He was a leader of uh, three house churches, which by itself is amazing. A young person <laughs> leading 22 <laughs> leading three churches. Uh, he was arrested and uh, they kept him and they tor- tortured him. And then because of uh, health, they said, we're going to let you go for a week, get some medical attention. Then you come back and serve the rest of your term. So um, 
while he was out, he made, he contacted one of the people. I want to talk to Pastor Hormoz. I was alarmed. Said, oh my gosh, I'm going to talk to this young man. Uh, and we set up the phone appointment. And I was ready for the phone call. And I was thinking, I was a little bit nervous. So, okay, let me prepare myself. This young man is going to call me. What is going to ask me? He probably going to ask me something like, where was God? Why did God allow me to be arrested? I was just serving him. And he's powerful and he's loving. Why did that happen? And when I was tortured, why did God allow that? Where was God then? when uh, people uh, were burning cigarettes on my body and all that. so, And maybe uh, I was thinking to myself, maybe he was going to ask me, by the way, Pastor Ramos, where were you? Um, did you do anything for me? And you're sitting, you know, you're in a West, relatively safe, and you ask us to go and to, uh, be tortured and pay the price. I was preparing myself for that kind of those kind of questions, and I answered the phone, and I was surprised, and I was deeply touched. Uh, this young man, sweet, sweet words, sweet spirit. He told me, Pastor Ormos, I had the honor of being tortured for Jesus. He used that word, honor. What? Tell me more about it. He said, and he was telling me about his experience with Jesus in jail. And then he said, Pastor Mos, do you know that verse in Psalm 23 says, it says, I set the table before enemies. He has set the table before my enemies. Yeah, yeah. He said, how can you experience that verse if your enemies are not there? He said, I had, again, listen, again, he used that word. He said, I had the honor of experiencing that verse in the torture chamber in front of my torturers. Jesus was there. I had a deep experience with Jesus. Sweet young man. And we, he hangs up and I'm saying, you changed my life, the rest of my life. I'm not going to be the same. <laughs> and he's 22. 22. Wow. You know, when you hear stories like that, I think it's, uh, it's impossible not to be optimistic about the future of the Iranian church. Uh, in, there are challenges. You've mentioned some of them. Uh, but what an amazing testimony of the courage of a young man and the faithfulness of God, even in arrest, even in the torture chamber. God was still there with them. And there's so many uh, stories coming in uh, daily. And I want to encourage the listeners, uh, if you want to receive these, text IRAN to number 99629. If you text it, you will get into our newsletter and you get the reports. You get testimonies every every month. So text I-R-A-N, the word Iran, to the number 99629, and we will be in touch. I would encourage our listeners to do that. Send that text, Iran, to 99629, uh, and connect with Iran Alive Ministries. They are doing a fabulous work. Uh, Voice of the Martyrs is partnering with them and in, in a part of this work, um, but I would encourage you to connect with him. Dr. Hormoz, thank you for being our guest. Thank you, Todd, for letting me share what God is doing. He is gracious. He loves the world. He has a plan for Muslims. We have to find out, God, what is your plan for the Muslims, for the salvation of Muslims? And then we need to join him.
I hope you're encouraged to join in God's plan to reach Muslims. I invite you to share your thoughts about VOM Radio and about what God is doing in Iran. Connect with us online at vomradio.net to give us feedback or ask a question, as well as access every episode of VOM Radio. That's vomradio.net. Last week, I told you that Pastor Hormoz is one of my heroes, and I think now you can see why. Pray for him. Pray for the church in Iran, that God will strengthen and grow his church in that nation. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next week on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.